0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. After taking the Packers to the limit last week and falling short, our beloved must dust themselves off and prepare for a visit from the NFC West Arizona Cardinals at Soldier Field on Sunday. Can the Bears bounce back? Or was week one's performance just a fluke? Jess Ruth from RevengeOfTheBirds.com joins us for the week two preview episode of The Chicago Bears Review! As soon as it begins, It starts to end, and, you know, we waited so long for the season to get started, and here it is. It's already week two. As I sit here recording the show, the Broncos and the Chiefs are kicking off week number two already uh, in the living room then. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back to week two preview of the Chicago Bears review. Had a great talk with Jess Root. I actually recorded it last night on Wednesday. Uh, Covered a lot of stuff. Uh, talking about uh, Carson Palmer and the defense, and what we can expect, who to look for, who he thinks, what he thinks the Cardinals need to do in order to win the football game on Sunday, uh, and uh, a bunch else. We had a nice long, uh, nice long talk. It was great to have Jess back. Of course, he was the first of the SB Nation writers that I had on the show. During the opponent preview episodes uh, that we did uh, this summer, so it was nice to have him uh, have him back on. Uh, We did did receive confirmations from Danny Kelly from FieldGoals.com for the Seattle Seahawks on SB Nation. We'll be talking to him uh, next week uh, for the Week Three preview episode, so we have that to look forward to uh, as well. So. Uh, you know, lots to cover here, lots to talk about, so we'll just go in and dive into the uh, into the news and notes so we can get to Jess Root and my talk. So uh, let's get to it. The news and notes section for the preview episode, week number two. You know, I've actually gotten more than one request about turning the music down between the segments so i'm trying to keep a better eye on that i hope that was better for you for you guys <laughs> uh, you know because i just hear it in my ear i don't hear i don't because i don't go back and listen to the show after they're recorded i just record them and i mix them i edit them i post them so i don't get to hear how my voice is loud down here And then the music comes in like this kind of thing. So hopefully I didn't hurt your ears there in that time. But hopefully that, uh, you know, I did try to tweak the music down a little bit. So hopefully that's a little bit better uh, for you guys. Feedback like that only helps me improve the show. So keep it coming. So news and notes for this week. Uh, We're not going to dwell too much on injury news. But, um, you know, the injury report we'll get to there at the uh, very end pretty much like always. Um, You know, we got the Arizona Cardinals coming into town. Uh, which means Bruce Arians, who the head coach is uh, in Arizona, uh, will be coming to face the Bears uh, for the first time since being passed on the, you know, passed on by the Bears uh, in 2013 after we fired Lovey. It came down to Bruce Arians and Mark Tressman, and we all know how that worked out. So I mean, honestly, I feel as we sit here in 2015 that it all worked out the way that it was supposed to because John Fox is our head coach and. Uh, You know, we went through what we had to to get our hands on John Fox, and I really think that we're on the right path with John Fox right now. So, uh, like I said, it 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 all kind of worked out, but um, it it does make you wonder because Bruce Arians took what I feel, what I felt then, what I feel now, was a inferior roster than what he would have had had he been in Chicago, and. He's taken them, you know, what took to to the brink of playoffs in 2013, and he took them to the playoffs in 2014. Ten wins and 11 wins last year, uh, you know, off to a a big start with the, you know, a a, a 12 point win over the Saints uh, on Sunday. Uh, you know, 31 points on, on the on the on New Orleans uh, and everything. It just makes you wonder, what if? you know what if and there was an article specifically written about that not so much what ha, what would have happened but the actual like the fact that Bruce Arians thought the job was his he did it, it, he was surprised that the Bears passed on him uh you know it doesn't have any regrets about the interview process says that he doesn't know what more he could have done he did however have some interesting things to say about Jay um it, going into that entire pro and through that entire process, Jay Cutler was heavily involved uh, in that process. I guess by at the behest of uh, of Phil Emery, who was our GM at the time, um, sat down and interviewed with with Arians, and both of them separately raved about each other. You know, he was uh, Jay was talking about. You know, I think he's a hell of a guy. You know, I really would have loved to play for him. Uh, Bruce Arians said he was looking forward to the opportunity. Uh, to Coach Jay and said that he thinks that Jay is, and I quote, the most misunderstood quarterback in the NFL. And he specifically talked about his body language. He says that, you know, maybe it doesn't always come off that way, but this guy definitely cares about winning. And, you know, it it just – you, you see what he's been able to do with Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald and very little else uh, in Arizona. I mean, they had John Brown kind of emerge as a rookie last year, so you can uh, add him into the mix. But just think about what Bruce Arians could have done with Forte, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett. You know, it just uh, – oh, my God. You know, it's like – if. Oh, man. And just uh, just to wonder, maybe we would have made the 3-4 transition back in 20, 2013 and when we'd have a roster with 3-4 personnel instead of some 3-4 personnel and kind of wedging 4-3 personnel into a 3-4 system. So just makes you wonder what if. Uh, Bruce Arians was definitely excited about the job. He thought it was his to lose, and uh, he did unfortunately lose it, but he has been thriving in Arizona, so it uh, it all worked out, and it kind of worked out for us, Bear fans, because we have John Fox as our head coach now, and uh, you know that couldn't have worked out any better. Bears had some roster moves uh, this week, um, quite a few, actually. Uh, so um, I don't remember if I mentioned last week during the preview episode that Sam Acho was let go because of illness. I'm pretty sure I did, uh, but everybody can relax now. Because he's cleared his illness and he's been re-signed by the Bears, just like I actually, you know, I do remember that I did mention him last week. Just like I said, he'll probably come back. You know, don't hold out on on the fact that he's not coming back. He's back. He's on the team. He's probably, and he's uh, practiced at full participation. Just to kind of fast forward a little bit on the injury report, he's listed as full participation. He will be on the field on Sunday. Don't know how much defense he's going to play, but he's definitely going to be on the field as a special teamer uh, on Sunday for sure. So everyone can calm down. Sam Acho is back now that he's been cured of whatever it was that whatever the illness was it wasn't just him i think it was the same illness that held david fales out of most of the preseason as well cuz he was he missed all of the preseason except for the fourth game against cleveland with that uh with that same illness so it's one that's uh that's been bothering uh you know been going around on the team but i guess uh we're finally clear of it cuz no one else has come down uh with that particular uh bug uh speaking of david Fails, he was let go Uh, this week the Bears waived him he did clear waivers I just read that actually before I started uh, the show he did clear waivers and the Bears did sign him to the practice squad so he's back uh, in the building but he's a practice squad member probably making a tenth of what he was making before (laughs) but at least he's got a job and you know God forbid that uh, Jay or Jimmy Clausen go down he'll probably be back on the full roster uh, once again Uh, corresponding uh, roster move there Cornelius Washington. Our sixth round pick, I believe from 2012, uh, came up uh, lame on Sunday against the um, against the Packers. Turned out to be a thigh injury. He's been placed on injured reserve, uh, so he is done uh, for the season with whatever that thigh injury ended up uh, being. And then to fill the final uh, f- the, the the final roster spot, the Bears signed defensive end LeVar Edwards, who was a fifth round pick. Uh, in 2013, has played for the Cowboys and the uh, Titans, uh, I believe, and uh, he's on the 53-man uh, roster uh, as a defensive end uh, for the Bears. So uh, he may or may not see some action uh, on Sunday. So those are the uh, those are the roster moves: Cornelius Washington and David Fails out, Sam Acho, Lavar Edwards in, to complete the now uh, new 53-man roster. Uh, for the Chicago Bears. And then finally, I saw an article on uh, the Windy City Gridiron, the Bears um, SB Nation page, and it asked about your approval rating for John Fox. And when I submitted my vote, I saw that the approval rating was 99% to 1 in favor uh, of John Fox. And, um, you know, to that 1% that voted against John Fox, what the hell is wrong with you? It's like, honestly, did you see the game on Sunday or are you just dwelling on the fact that we lost? Because I saw more improvement in that one game than we did in the entire two years with, uh, with, with, uh, with Mark Tressman. Not to mention the fact that we saw things just from Fox himself that we have been dying to see on the field since Ditka left. Or hell, maybe even that. I guess that was somewhat of an animated guy, but come on. I mean, he was on the sidelines. He was jaunted up with the referees, getting after him about bad calls and things like that. There was a. I saw a replay uh, on Sunday, and it was uh, John Fox had you know Aaron Rodgers had uh, you know fallen or been taken down by our sideline or whatever John Fox runs up to him is kind of clapping in his face you know maybe even like doing a little trash talking Rodgers had this huge smile on his face by what John Fox was saying you wouldn't see that from Lovey or Tressman or Durant god forbid or anything like that you know he's showing some emotion out there and that's that's what we want to see Chicago Bear fans, we're an emotional bunch. We're a passionate bunch. That's what we want to see on the sidelines from our head coach. He's representing us, for God's sake. And we got it. I mean, listen to me now. I'm getting all riled up just thinking about it. You know, he's sitting there, he's talking trash to Aaron Rodgers, showing emotion on the sidelines, getting after referees for bad calls. Man, this is what we want. This is what we wanted to see from the guy. Not to mention, not to mention that we 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 fought. We stuck with it. We came after it. If if this was 2014 and the Bears went down 31-16 to 16 with four minutes to go, that's it. We're packing it in because it's over. It's over after that the, because the team mentally would just shut down and be like, well, that's it, we're done. But no, we come back, we drive the length of the field, we put the Packers in probably the most uncomfortable onside kick situation ever considering the last time they sat through an onside kick, it cost them a trip to the Super Bowl and we were an onside kick away from making this thing really interesting and you know obviously we fell short but the, the 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 fact that we're showing heart the the determination the fight that we're showing with this team um you know not to mention the fact that we didn't there were no huge plays by the packer in regard especially on the offense i mean it, as 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 much as we want the defense to improve we didn't get our asses handed to us like we did the last two years uh, with Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback against us. You know, there weren't, Let I me mean, just think back to that nightmare of a Sunday night game. How many times was Aaron Rodgers able to find somebody that was wide open by 50, by a 15-yard radius? I mean, there's not a bear in the neighborhood when he catches the football. I mean, not only can he catch it in a wide open area, but he's got about 15 or 20 yards before someone even gets close to touching him so that did not happen on Sunday our players were in position they were there to make plays they were there to challenge the plays the Packers just happened to be better than us on Sunday over time that's going to change so I don't know how it is anyone could give John Fox a negative approval rating after the way we played on Sunday if we can keep that up (laughs) we're gonna surprise some people this year so all right, finally, the last thing we're going to go over is the injury report. Uh, like I said, Sam Acho was on top of the list as an alphabetical order. He had the illness. He was limited on Wednesday, full go today on Thursday, so he's good to go. Uh, John Bostic um, was limited on Wednesday with an ankle injury, did not practice today on Thursday. Ego Ferguson, just the opposite, did not practice on Thursday, was limited today with a knee injury Uh, Sherrick McManus was full participation from a thigh injury. He's good to go. Uh, Pernell McPhee has, I guess, nagging injuries. I was not aware of him being injured at all. Uh, Has a wrist injury, was limited yesterday. He was held out of practice uh, today. That's what John Fox said. And Tracy Porter, still working on that that hamstring injury, has not yet practiced uh, this week. Um, The interesting names on the Arizona side, or the most interesting, is Andre Ellington. We'll be talking about him with Jess Root here uh, in just a moment because we talk about that run game uh, of the uh, of the Cardinals. Has been out all of this week with the knee injury that he suffered in that game against the uh, Saints. He was their their leading rusher, but he was in and out of the lineup yes, last year because uh, he was uh, banged up. And um, if uh, Ellington does not play, we're going to have Chris Johnson, formerly of the Titans in a 2,000-yard season way back in the day, uh, David Johnson and Stephon Taylor as his uh, his backups to try to make up for the uh, for his absence. And but of course, they also have Michael Floyd, Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, and, you know, in the wide receiver core uh, as well. So Michael Floyd was nursing a hand injury, but he's been full go all this week in practice so has tight end uh, Jermaine Grisham. Uh, Mike Upati, who we also talk about in the interview with uh, with Jess Root, uh, has been limited in practice with a knee injury, and according to Jess Root, he's probably still a week or two away from actually playing, so um, being limited. And practicing is a good sign, but probably not going to play against the Bears uh, on Sunday. And then uh, Deon Buchanan, they're, they're first round pick in 2014 was limited today with a groin injury so maybe he tweaked the groin injury in practice because he was not on the injury report on Wednesday so that will be helpful uh, for the Bears if Buchanan can uh, can't go so that is the injury report and that's all I got for news and notes so we're going to move on to our talk with uh, with Jess Root like I said he was the first guest that we had on the show, so it was great to have him back. Had a had a nice talk about the Cardinals and the Bears, what they did against the Saints, what uh, they need to do in order to beat the Bears on Sunday, and everything else in between. All right. And here we are, joined again, once again, back to the show. Jess Root, RevengeOfTheBurrs.com on SB Nation. Jess, welcome back, and thanks for coming back.
1: And thanks for having me on again. It's a, it's a pleasure.
0: You know, you were you were my you were my first. You always remember your first, Jess. Uh, you were my first <laughs> interview uh, on the show, and I'm glad to to have you back. And uh, we're going to talk some some Bears Cardinals and. Um, you know, uh, you you had the the opening game last week against the uh, the Saints. You you had the luxury of playing at home, as did the Bears. Uh, came away with a, a a wider margin of victory than I thought, but nonetheless uh, a victory over the uh, the Saints. How are you feeling about it?
1: It was you know uh, I was I was I had my own show on yesterday, and and then with the post game, t- things that we were that I've had on the site. It's been very interesting. As you look back on the game, there is very little to complain about. Um, There was was really one issue, and that was more of an execution issue than a scheme issue. Uh, But really, if you're going to pick on things, it's just nitpicky because offensively, they were very effective at passing. They gave pass protection, a little bit of pressure. He never got sacked, no turnovers. Uh, He spread the ball around on offense. The running game was effective. They rushed, rushed for 120 yards. Defensively, uh, they they limited Brandon Cooks to 49 yards, and only really 30 of those came on one play. Uh, Patrick Peterson really, really had them wrapped up. They, Drew Brees, who loves to throw that ball down the field, they didn't throw the ball down the field. They were getting pressure on Brees. It wasn't great pressure, and then the and then the result, the one thing you can really pick on is the amount of yards they gave up off dump offs and screens. Is is uh, what 150 some odd yards of the 355 passing yards were from the running backs, and, and it was a case where on the blitz they just there was a guy who's supposed to, they they forgot to cover the back essentially. There's one guy on the blitz who who's supposed to make, make sure you cover the outlet and they didn't. Then that happened several times on week one, but a high-powered Saints offense, you know, top six every year for the last six year for the last nine years, number one for five five or six of those years, a top ten scoring team for almost every year that, that Drew Brees has been there, and they held them to 19 points. It's really, I mean, really, this is, it's a great start to the season.
0: Now, is that 19 points as in one touchdown and five field goals, or was that like a mixture of, you know, a different <laughs> mixture of points there?
1: Touchdown, four field goals. Four, so four ca- field goals, and right. Okay. You have touchdown, four field goals, and the only the one touchdown they gave up shouldn't have ever happened because it was because of a special teams gaffe. They had forced the punt, but then after a timeout, the special teams unit was confused, which it was. Punt safe, field goal, punt return, ended up with 13 players on the field got the first down, and then a couple plays later they were in the end zone. So the defense right. had done their job, and they had gotten off the field, and then because special teams screwed up, they, the drive was extended. Otherwise, it would have been a 12-point. They would have allowed only the 12 points.
0: Okay, so so for the most part, uh, I mean, ag- against an offense like the one that the Saints pretty much, mo- you know, as you said, the one that they routinely bring to the field, seemingly regardless of talent level, um, was a bend-but-don't-break uh, thing with the with the Cardinals where they were clamping down when it mattered on the defensive side.
1: Yes. It was schematically. It was a case where they do that. The Cardinals, they love to blitz and, and they love to put their corners in man, man to man coverage down the field. And when you have a situation like that and they run those longer routes, if you dump the ball off to the running back, that means there's a lot of running room. But once you hit the, once you hit the red zone, you don't have that running room. And so, those plays get stopped for small amounts of yards and then they're forced to kick a field goal and the reason why they if and and that should be shored up this year is looking at the preseason how fast and and how effective the the defense was and kind of the staple of the defense for the last couple of years has been stopping the run they were number one they were one of the top in in 2013 for the first half of last season they were they were amazing Things the, the the wheels fell off in the second half of the season, and they started giving up pretty big chunks of yardage to backs. But they held the the Saints to 54 yards on 20 carries. I mean, there was aside from the the dump off problem, everything. There was really you're like that is a great game to start the season with.
0: Okay, so that was maybe like the one of the two big questions going into uh, 2015. I mean, obviously the well, three, if you want to count the will he or won't he as far as the health level for Carson Palmer because I've heard it from everyone including you that the Cardinals will only go as far as as Carson Palmer will take them and you have that based on especially last season which was you know they were they were you know Bruce Arians is definitely earning his salary as far as coaching the team you have a very well coached football team otherwise how can you explain making it to the playoffs with when you're quarterback was gone. For, Ryan Lindley. With yeah, when you your your quarterback was missing for for half the season uh last year. So I mean obviously coaching is not the problem, but when it came down to it last year, you know, Ryan Lindley being your quarterback and the lack of a running game is what killed you in that playoff game against uh Carolina. Oof. I mean, that was I mean, it was a painful game to watch and I'm not even a fan uh of your team. It's like, man, <laughs> I really was was expecting so much more from the Cardinals in this, or at least to put up a fight uh, against Carolina. And it was an ugly, ugly game. And then, you know, here we are. Uh, Carson Palmer, he seem, seems to be 100% or as close to it as he can be at this stage in his career. 120 yards uh, on the ground, and it, it, you know, was spread amongst your backs, you know, Johnson and, and Ellington. But Ellington almost six yards a carry uh, in the game. And then the other big question was, how would the defense look post todd bowles now that he's no longer the guy you know being the genius leading this defense around and it's seeming like as far as week one is concerned it seems like uh oh you're firing on all pistons here
1: yeah uh it and we'll have to we'll have to see how that carries from week two but it was now granted the saints defense as it was, as it looked last season, they do the one thing they have on 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 their team. They have good edge players with Cameron Jordan on one side and, and a promising, uh, Kikaha on the other side. Uh, they have good edge players. They have kind of a trash secondary. <laughs> so and that was the case last year. Their defense was atrocious, and you know their their defense, their offensive effectiveness. I mean, you can look at it and kind of take it. Wow, that looked good, but you have to look at the Great Assault. They were playing against a a defense that was absolutely atrocious a season ago. And they still have some of the same personnel issues that they did last season.
0: Right. Well, uh, you know, as, as as I'm sure you know, the Bears' defense is still a work in progress. I mean... Um...
1: Yes, and I'm really thrilled, especially playing the Bears. I, I'm happy to play them early in the season because with a new head coach and a new system, that takes time. And so that bodes well for the Cardinals. At least it will give them, uh, it'll be an, an added help, whether it is the tail of the, the game, but it, it's definitely a help.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And that that is why, you know, it, for, before the schedule even came out, NFC West, AFC West for the Bears this year, I was like, oh, man, that's that's not going to be pretty. And then when we get slapped with the actual schedule, Green Bay to start, then Arizona, then Seattle. It's like, oh Lord, this is, this is, this could be disastrous. I mean, we're we're still trying to figure out who we are as a team, and we're being run through the gamut in the first quarter of the season with the you know the Packers, the the Cardinals, and then the then the the Seahawks. It's like it's, that's gonna that's gonna hurt. So I mean, as as well as the Bears have playing is like they you know so far under John Fox. You're right, catching them early is when you want to before the Bears finally figure out who it is they are, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, uh, there was a play um, on Sunday uh, just before halftime, thanks to the free Sunday NFL ticket, I was able to catch some uh, of the game uh, on Sunday. Um, Palmer, it was right before halftime, Palmer went on like a, a scramble, and he kind of slid and it was an ugly slide and he he didn't necessarily come up limping but he kind of came up lame a little bit is there any residual to that or was it just him kind of you know
1: his knee brace he's got stuck in the turf ah okay and so he, when he got up, he had to, you know, it, it took a chunk of turf, and, you know, sliding in a knee brace isn't great to begin with. <laughs> and, no, it, it, his brace got a chunk of turf, so he had to get up and, and readjust it, and that's why it kind of looked a little bit odd. It was, a, it, was a, it was really kind of a, an unsmart play by Palmer to begin with because it ran the clock out and such. Yes,
0: yes, actually, yeah, they they went to try to kill the clock, and they couldn't even get set before uh, they went to, uh, you know, try to to, to spike the – The football, but um, that is one hulkingly large knee brace that he's wearing. (laughs) I mean, his left leg looks twice the size of his right one with that knee brace on it.
1: Well, you know, you've had a couple ACL surgeries, you'll, and 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 you've got a season riding on on basically his shoulders and his knee. Uh, It's you you protect that thing,
0: right? I well, you know, that's definitely true. I mean, it's it's like, but. You know, I've I've seen other players <laughs> that that have had multiple knee surgeries that don't look like they could fit another leg inside of that uh, that knee brace that he's uh, sporting there. So uh, I mean, obviously, I didn't really even notice it until after that that weird moment that he had with that ugly slide uh, before halftime. So um, so here we are. We're we're coming into this football game. The Bears um, were better on Sunday than most people were expecting. A lot of people. Uh, I mean, I was, I was, you know, hoping against hope, but I was expecting, based on recent history, that, the, the Packers were going to kill uh, the Bears, and thankfully we were in it right up until uh, the very end. The Cardinals, on the other hand, uh, it seemed like a ball game until the fourth quarter. and Then you guys really pulled away uh, there at the end. 14 points in the fourth quarter really made the, uh, really made the, uh, the difference. Um, you know, how how are you feeling about the team coming into? Week two, um, you know, like with uh, do, you, do you do you think? And I'm sorry, this is a long-winded question, but um, you know, we we talked recently before the before the show started. Talked about hopefully their performance is not a week one fluke. You see it in the NFL all the time. Teams win when they're not supposed to, or you weren't expecting teams to win, and then week two things kind of come back down uh, to reality. Did did any of what happened in week one feel fluky to you?
1: Honestly, not really, because you kind of, at least for the Cardinals, it looked like kind of the thing. And, and, and it was kind of the theme when Carson Palmer played last season. They get off to a fast start, they have a low, and then they pull away. Their defense plays well, they they keep teams out of the end zone, but it starts to get close and then they make big plays late. That was the... That was more or less the blueprint for their wins last season. It was blueprints for their their win against uh, actually not even not against San Francisco because they didn't start hot, but against San Diego, against Washington, against Philadelphia, um, against Detroit. They they got off to fast starts, and then it sort of slowed down, and then there were enough there were plays made late in the game. Um, San Francisco. They they started slowly. They, they Colin Kaepernick ripped them apart in the first half, and then they made adjustments, and then they came back and and, and they got the game winning touchdown from John Brown. Same thing happened against uh, Philadelphia. Uh, they got big. They got big plays against um, them Washington late in the game to pull away. Against they got the two plays early against Detroit. Uh, I think was the other game against St Louis when when Palmer went down. The momentum really had turned in favor of of the of the Rams. Then they then they had a couple of defensive scores in the fourth quarter and make it look. You know they ran away with it. They had a bomb and then two defensive touchdowns that it went from being a uh, like a two point game to a uh, route 31-14. And so the the way they are played, I guess the one thing to be concerned about is Andre Ellington's injury. Uh, it'll test the depth, but when with again a guy like Chris Johnson behind him you're really not nearly as concerned as you would have been a season ago when they were going with running back three and number four because they, they lost Jonathan Dwyer early and then they lost Andre Ellington and then Ellington was never healthy. But for me, the, like going back to the question, there wasn't really anything that looked fluky about them. We'll, we'll have to see how they look on the road, but, but it's, with the way they play at home especially, right. all of it looked like Cardinals football. I like the way you expect them or want, hope to see them play this year.
0: So the the defense really doesn't appear to have had any drop off now that you know Todd Bowles is has taken his genius to to New York to to work with the Jets and you have this uh, you know rather young anyway for a coordinator only 36, 37 years old uh, was it the linebacker coach that took over? He was outside linebacker. Yeah, outside linebacker coach is is taken over and um, you know it it they had a couple of sacks on on uh on breeze and yeah breeze got his yards but his but the more important stats weren't that big only one touchdown they had an interception his uh quarterback rating was only 80 83 and uh, anything uh you know like that so it, it looks like the defense hasn't suffered from the absence of todd Bowles.
1: not yet at least i mean one of the things is they added depth on the defensive line they they did lose a couple of players i think mean, they lost dan williams to to the Raiders they signed Corey Peters but lost him for the season they they lost Antonio Cromartie but Patrick Peterson is in a much better place now than he was a season ago now that he's got his diabetes under control he's leaner he's faster he looks he looks the part again and we saw he, he looked faster and you saw the way that he covered Brandon Cooks um, everyone was talking about Cooks as it coming out a star and it, you take away the 130 yard play that he, he did get Peterson on that one he was held otherwise to three catches for 19 yards. He was just Peterson was in his back pocket, and when you do that, and Powers played well, and they play with eighty thousand safeties on the field, so it's if they play fast, they had talent. It's it's a matter of can Betcher call decent plays, and they and they were able to dial up the right plays, and they made plays when it counted. So that how much was on Betcher, and uh, and how much became, you know, the, the players executing. The, the talk all offseason was that it's not going to look much different. The terminology is the same. The, basically, the philosophy is the same. What will matter is in, in close games or in games that the Cardinals hit, if they happen to be down. Can they dial up big plays and big play calls, the right play calls at the right time?
0: Okay, so if, you know, going into this game against the Bears, I don't know how much of the game you saw uh, against uh, Green Bay, what would be your keys for the Arizona Cardinals to come away with the win in Soldier Field on Sunday?
1: Matt Forte, he's the guy you got to take care of. And, you know, we might see, and it, it might be a case where means Matt Forte is the guy that you kind of key in on. You take the running game away, uh, which the Cardinals have been really effective at. And then you take away the plays down the field if you can if you can bottle up Alshon Jeffrey uh, down the field, which Peterson can do, and then you're left with death by a thousand cuts. It was kind of how we we described the game against Drew Brees. It was death by a thousand cuts. It was dump off and dump off and dink and then a couple of missed tackles. They went for big plays, but in the end, it was death by a thousand cuts. It looked like they were moving down the field, and then they couldn't get it in the end zone if they have if they're able to do the exact same thing against the Bears the Cardinals will win assuming that their offense is even you know three quarters of what they're able to do on on Sunday Mm -hmm. the key is can they make the adjustment because Matt Forte is better than Mark Ingram in the past game so can they make sure that by Assignment that they have someone to watch Matt Forte on the out in the flat, and then can they wrap him up and tackle him before he makes a big play? Because, but if we if the Cardinals can keep everything in front of them, then that bodes really well for them, at least for their fortune. It might be a close game, but it will put them kind of in the driver's seat, like they were in the driver's seat really most of the game against New Orleans. So I th-
0: I think that the the one in the one feather that the that the Bears might have and at least one thing that was you know painfully missing uh, for the Saints on, on Sunday was was Jimmy Graham that that extra added weapon uh, is that was definitely missing Good point. on Sunday and Martellus Bennett is not exactly Jimmy Graham but he's up there he is one of the better tight ends in the league I think if you take Forte away, Peterson uh, grabs on to uh, Alshon Jeffrey. You still have to contend with Bennett, where last week you really didn't have that with the Saints.
1: That is true. Uh, that that will be the test. That that will also be the test of the defense. Uh, they they feel now. Basically, it's interesting. They added Sean Witherspoon. Uh, he's not starting. It's a very interesting mat- matchup. They really the Cardinals' base defense is a nickel defense because they have their second second year play, their first runner from last year, down Buchanan. He's playing every down as an inside linebacker. They have him down there playing playing linebacker even in base sets. So they have that speed to be able to cover. And Kevin Minter looks a lot better. So they have the personnel to be able to handle it. Well, will they will there will be blown assignments? That's mm-hmm. gonna be the issue. They, they've had reasonable success against tight ends as long as there aren't blown assignments. And that's what's been the bugaboo for the past couple of years. They will have blown coverage assignments against tight ends. And, and that will be that the tight end factor because, you know, it, it felt like last week, last week that the running backs were the new tight ends for, for the Cardinals' defense um, because the tight ends were really not a factor. But, I mean, their best tight end is Ben Watson. I mean, he's a good NFL player, but he's definitely not – any level in terms of the passing game that you're going to see from Jimmy Graham or Martellus Bennett or or Antonio Gates or Vernon and those guys. It's nowhere near.
0: So how's the offensive line looking? Because, you know, you guys had a a major coup in free agency by signing Mikey Potty away and he gets hurt. Was it in the offseason or in the preseason that he got hurt? It
1: was in training camp. It was in training camp. Okay. It was in training camp. He got hurt. And so they got Ted Larson back in there, a guy who played, you know, we consider it awfully last year. But in his preseason looks, he's Uh now in the second year, um, his second year here. And through game one, you could almost say he was the best offensive line. And that's that's almost feels bad coming out of my mouth. But he's he played really well. Mm -hmm. Um, You got Jonathan Cooper, a healthy Jonathan Cooper on the right side. Wilson line is back starting at center. You got Veldeer link anchoring left tackle. The other, the other newbie is Earl Watford. He's a he's surprise, honestly. Bobby Massey would have that position locked up, but then, you know, the, it came to light that he decided to get hammered the night before the Super Bowl and <laughs> drive down to the team facility in the middle of the night. And the, it was actually the team's fault that he ended up getting arrested because it was the security who didn't recognize his car, thought it was suspicion, called the police, and then he got tagged with a D. Wow. UI, he suspended a couple of games. And at first, you know, we gave Bob Bradley Sal, a guy who's been with the team now, it's going to his third year. He started left tackle for most of the season in 2013. But he's at best decent depth. You don't really ever wanting him, want him play other than maybe through, you know, to get you through a game. He works hard, but you know, he just doesn't have it physically. But Earl Watford. Has been a pleasant surprise. He was one of the best offensive linemen all through the offseason in training camp and they finally found him a spot. He's the starting right tackle. He got beat early. And it he got beat early against Cameron Jordan, made adjustments and was good the rest of the game. Uh, I that I think that would be a case because he was a guard. He's been a guard every every year he's been here and just hasn't been able to crack the rotation. Now he's playing tackle. He he gets beat a couple times early, then he adjusts. Uh he he played well against Khalil Mack in, in the preseason. So, you know, it looks good. It isn't the line that we thought it was so far because Lyleson line has returned. You got Ted Larson starting his old spot last year where it's supposed to be Mike Cupati. Mm-hmm. But all things said, and with everything looking the way it is so far with a line that is down two starters, technically, although Watford has been named the starter until he loses it, so Massey might not even play this year. So it's down Mupati. It should only get better. How long is youpardi supposed to be out? Um, the they're saying kind of the target is week three since against the 49ers. Oh, okay, so I, not much longer. I personally that longer. heard that it's maybe week four, but I can see why he's really you know gunning it for week three. He wants to play against his former team.
0: Sure, sure, sure. I mean, who wouldn't, right? I you know I, I didn't. Uh, did it happen early in training camp? I'm, I'm trying to remember <sighs> when exactly it happened. Uh, I think. Was it like a, an ankle injury? It was a knee like injury. He,
1: it's a, he had a, a meniscus repair that he, he needed done.
0: I'm trying to remember what happened because I
1: think he played in a preseason game. That was like, I think it was after the first preseason game.
0: Okay. Okay. So a game that he probably wouldn't have seen much action in. He, he went down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So because the reason I ask is, I mean, obviously he uh, Carson Palmer went untouched. Uh, against the Saints last week and that was probably the one glaring problem that the Bears had defensively was that they had no answer for Aaron Rodgers even in the in the rare moments that they got pressure on him Aaron Rodgers is so great in the pocket all he would do is step here step there boom and he finds this guy uh, down the field and everything not exactly a problem we would have with Carson Palmer who's you know for all of his talents is not exactly the most fleet of foot when he's in. Uh, the pocket so I was wondering how the offensive line is looking thinking that maybe if we get some pressure on Palmer we might actually be able to run him down
1: well mobile he is not yeah but he is adept at moving within the pocket and behind the line of scrimmage Right. he does move around decently and he moves around better than I've actually seen him in the last couple three years he he's he's got better footwork this year so when he sees pressure you see you've seen him move Move the pocket a few times. He's no, he's not the athlete that Aaron Rodgers is, but you know, it's I'm not nearly as concerned, especially when when you get if they keep the middle, the pocket clean in the middle, he's able to you know help himself out if there's pressure from the edge. The issue is when the pressure comes up from the from the middle at from the center position. The nose t- tackle and the guards right there is then he has nowhere to go. If you get pressure off the edge, he can shift to his right, shift to his left. He's not going to run all the way, you know, he's not going to scramble and throw, so he's not a threat necessarily to run and throw, but he will adjust the pocket a little bit and maneuver within it.
0: Did the Saints blitz much on Sunday? You know,
1: I don't let me, actually I don't know the numbers off the top of my head it didn't feel like it and let me see if I can't pull
0: that number up because I was I was going back and forth uh, throughout the through all, all the afternoon games there on Sunday and when I did uh, settle upon the the Saints and the car I feel like I feel like I should have watched it more considering who we were playing. Uh, and everything but the 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 few times that I saw the Saints on defense
1: he was blitzed seven times seven times
0: in in the entire game and he he threw 32 times so at least seven out of the 32 uh, times
1: (laughs) and on on he was three of seven were two touchdowns on those blitzes
0: great okay so you know it's like you but you would think that uh That, you know, for a guy coming off an ACL, uh, uh, an aggressive defensive coordinator like Rob Ryan might want to go after Carson Palmer a a little bit more, um, you know, because mentally it's, you know, maybe it's, you know, I've I've heard Palmer talk about mentally where he's at as far as, you know, being injured again this time. I I know that he said that he's not – it's not like it was before because – He's been through it before, right? He's been through it before, but when it happened the first time, it was because he got hit low. I think it was Brett Kiesel that took him out in that playoff game in Cincinnati. But uh, in the last season, it was didn't, it was just like he stepped funny. It wasn't that somebody took him out. It was no, his 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 knee just popped essentially. Right. His knee just gave <laughs> on him, as opposed to worrying about somebody throwing at his or coming at his legs. I read an article that said that um, you know he was this. The first half of the first season back, he was always worried about people being at his legs. It took him about half the season to not be paranoid about it. But coming yeah. into this season, he's not having that that high level of anxiety because it happened that way. Uh, last year, so but I was just expecting more from Rob Ryan as far as dialing up the blitzes against the guy coming off an ACL injury and wearing a, a brace the size of uh, Nebraska on his leg. So you <laughs> well, you, you
1: also have to look at the the Saints' defense. If you blitz, then you're leaving two because they they were down two starters in the secondary. Then you're leaving a secondary that's already depleted to be exposed. And and Palmer is really good about getting the ball away quickly. He's He's smart. He knows his reads. And, and he's he's the type of quarterback who, honestly, he likes to see the blitz because he he and he likes an open field. He likes options and he likes to be able to get the ball away. He's he's a typical typical quarterback in that sense, as he likes throwing the ball. He likes see, getting people. He likes people in his face, to, but have something open down the field.
0: Um, You know, the, so the running game was was solid against the uh, against the Saints uh, on the on this past Sunday. Uh, Andre Ellington especially 12 carries 69 yards 5.8 yards a carry and he even had a had a touchdown in there um Ellington is is healthy coming into this year right he's not banged up like he was a year ago
1: uh <laughs> he was healthy until he you know hurt his knee oh, he during did. the game so okay. he's he's going to he did he did he 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 left the game kind of a non-contact injury it's uh it's a pcl sprain I doubt he'll play this week, but they're not ruling him out. It's probably a one to three week thing, so it's going to be a a healthy dose of Chris Johnson, Stephon Taylor, and and maybe some of the rookie David
0: Johnson. Okay, so we have that we have that going for us at least. Um, So, you know, not much talk about Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, is it because he's getting older, or is it because John Brown kind of stole the spotlight last year? What what's the what's the word on on Fitz?
1: Well, Fitz has had a couple of down years production wise, and he was the leading receiver on Sunday. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. six catches, eighty-seven yards, so led the team in receiving. And, and there were yards left on the field because Palmer, you know, overthrew him. There was he had pressure in his face, and he had Fitz wide open, and it would have gone for forever. <laughs> <laughs> that play would have gone forever, and then we'd be talking about what a huge game Fitz had. Uh, it's it's a case of he's taking a back seat in terms of role, but it is all about John Brown. John Brown is going to be the star. That's what's going to happen. That's uh, You know it's going to happen. You see it happen. That's that's all anyone wants to talk about is how electric John Brown is. Fitz even, I mean, during the preseason, who I think it was Pam Oliver, or whoever it was on the sideline was interviewing Larry Fitzgerald. And what do you know what he did? He grabbed John Brown. He grabbed Smokey. Come over here. No, this is the guy you need to talk to. He's going to be a star. <laughs>
0: Okay cuz this is is this his his 10th year in the league or
1: I think it's a number 11 number yes 11, number 11 yeah yeah he's
0: been out there for a while now um okay so i mean you know cuz he's always been one of my favorite players in the league i mean obviously the that that touchdown that he had against the steelers in the super bowl uh probably one of the, the greatest yeah.
1: moments <laughs> that ever was... followed up by the yeah. Worst moment ever. Yeah.
0: I, we talked about that when I had <laughs> you on the show. Minutes,
1: within minutes of yes. each other. It was the the greatest moment in history, followed by yeah. maybe the most painful moment in history. Yeah. And I and I and I'm the only in only might have been worse would have been the 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 you know the Harrison return from touch on the end of the first half. Oh, that, you know, God. That that's another that's another wound. And you know, what makes that worse on a side note on that Santonio Holmes catch. There was always a part of me that doubted, no, I, I don't actually think it was the catch. I saw a photo. I was going through the photo editor on my site and actually found a photo of that. And it was a straight on shot. It wasn't the angle, the TV angle, but it was a photographer shot who had a down the side blind view. Exactly what the and it, what it is, the ball in hand, both toes on the ground. I said, well, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, all these years of denial, I'm like, well. Never mind. Yep, no,
0: he did. So, you know, I, th- I think we, we <laughs> talked about that when I had you on the first time. And I, and for years, I've been on that bandwagon as well. Like I still to this day, I don't think he got that other foot down and they just gave it to him because they non, you know, not enough, uh, you know, no conclusive evidence. Uh, they had they called it the other replay. way, it
1: wouldn't, you know, I, I'm convinced had they called it incomplete and then they went to the to the challenge after it, it wouldn't have it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been overturned so right. it, it was a matter that they made the call but it turned out it you know <laughs> damn it it was not yes the right call
0: oh uh, yeah so that's it always sucks when you when it when it comes out that way it's like i know one of these days the picture's gonna come and then the picture comes <laughs> and it, ah crap yeah he caught it the bastard so <laughs> all right well Jess, yeah, i yeah. think uh you know i think we're gonna go ahead and and wrap it up here um you know it's it's I'm, I'm looking forward to this game um because as as horrible as the schedule is early on uh for the bears i'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting this level of competition uh early on because it really tests who the bears are how they'll be able to handle these things and the cardinals i expect to to make a you know a pretty decent run uh at this uh thing i mean especially if uh if the Seahawks keep falling short like they did last week against St. Louis, that could set you guys up pretty well as the season gets along here.
1: Yes, uh, and, and the schedule is actually very favorable for the Cardinals. They play three out of the first four at home. They they have a schedule where all things falling into place, the where you kind of think it should, they could be five and one to start the year. A uh, get off to one of those hot starts that they did last year. They've got a brutal middle of the schedule, but then they 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 play 3 out of the first four at home they play the last, 3 out of the last four at home and it's that middle of the schedule That middle of the schedule can they can they work through it but they have they the schedule really favors them it's got a tough schedule but it favors them greatly to get off to a really good start
0: what kind of road team are they just one last question uh, what kind of road team are they cuz i i the, you and i talked about it before we got started here palmer 14 and 2 in his last 16 starts now that's spread over 2013 and 2014 but almost 4500 yards passing 30 something touchdowns 12 interceptions but it's like the next sentence after that was he's way better at home than he is on the road well the
1: cardinals are decent on the road and and that's that sort of thing they manage on the road they're great at home and they manage on the road they they, they believe in you know Sneaking, you know, sneaking the way their road wins. Get you know, if you can win half your road games, then you're in great shape. Right. Sneak one away here and there. We'll um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, they are a different team. It isn't the same electric play uh, because the the stadium here in Arizona, it's the the energy is great and and it builds and you always see big plays. But it's not quite the same. The defense, the way it is, put keeps them in games. So we'll have to wait and see because they're they're, they're they've been. I mean, historically terrible. <laughs> but if you but if you want to go back to the, under Bruce Arians, they've been solid. Okay. Solid on the road.
0: All right. Well, I'm I'm looking forward uh, to the game on Saturday to in more 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 of a um, curiosity for me to see if the Bears will show up against Green or against the, the Cardinals. The same way they did uh, against the Packers, so I, I feel I have a feeling that we have the right coaching staff in place for that to at least be possible, and then uh, hopefully the the Cardinals won't have their late pull away thing, and we can you know maybe surprise some people uh, in this thing on 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 Sunday. So I uh, just want to thank you again uh, for being on the show, and uh, look forward to have you on uh, sometime again in the uh, in the future, Jess.
1: All right, appreciate it.
0: All right, Jess Rude from revengeofthebirds.com on SB Nation on the show to talk about bears packers week number two oh. Ow. That's right. Ow. i absolutely hate it when i do that I, I and i go back and i listen to it and i make a mistake i just said the talk about Bears Packers week two I hate it when I do that I didn't even realize that I did it until I'm sitting here listening to it so anyway just want to thank Jess Root again for being on the show you guys can check him out on, on SBNation.com uh, it's uh, RevengeOfTheBirds.com is the Arizona Cardinals page he also does have a podcast that he does uh, as well for Revenge of the Birds uh, on SB Nation so you can find that on iTunes or on the SB Nation's uh, page uh, as well so That is going to do it for the week two preview of the uh, Chicago Bears review. Uh, The Bears and the Cardinals kicking it off at noon on Sunday. For those of us that live in the central time zone with our beloved Chicago Bears, as I do, uh, we'll be back on Monday to review this thing, see if we can't pull this thing out uh, against the Cardinals or at the very least, like week one, make a game of it because as you heard us talk about, just an unenviable schedule as far as the three teams that we have to play but we are learning a lot about the team that we've got here and hopefully they can maintain the same performance uh that they had last week against the uh the Packers and you know these are games that we're supposed to get blown out I mean when the schedule came out and we're looking at these first three games we're all dreading it like oh man This is just going to be a disaster. Those three teams are awesome, and they're going to kill us. And we didn't get killed by Green Bay. And I think if we can at least hold our own against Arizona and Seattle, win or lose, hold our own against these teams – then, you know, the, then the Bears will be learning a lot about themselves and we as fans will be learning a lot about who we have to be watching for 2015 and good things will start happening as long as the Bears are in the games at the end. You know, one of these days the ball will bounce our way. You know what I'm saying? So that will do it for the week two preview episode of the chicago bears view like i said we will be back on monday uh be sure to check me out on twitter i will try to live tweet as much as i can like i did against uh, for the uh Green bay game so make sure that you're uh that you're checking that out to see if me and uh, uh Jess root can get some uh, banter going back and forth you guys can uh can take part in uh with us and uh see how. Uh, see if we can keep that uh, entertaining and then of course come back on Monday knee jerk reactions bear up and bear down and then we'll move on to week three and we'll have Danny Kelly from fieldgoals.com on SB Nation to talk about the Seahawks uh, next week so until then my name is Larry D and this has been the Chicago Bears Review